Oiga, señor, we are federales. You know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Better not come any closer. Get ready. Woo! We are on tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Bienvenidos a Cutline con su anfitrión Miguel Cavalunis. Tony Finau's here. So is John Brom, and the PGA Tour invites us to the Mexico Championship at Vendata Vallarta as our host course. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. Hello, Australia. Shall I keep going? What's up, Germany? Netherlands. Cutline. Prestige. Worldwide and stateside. What's up, United States of America? All the way from Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, Florida, California. Arizona, Illinois, Indiana. And of course, if you're new to the show. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? I guess it's all that pumping. Pump and dump. Where in God's name have you been? As the cut line continues to give you a definitive guide to cashing and smashing with your winning lineups, cashing lineups, lineups that are getting plenty of wieners. <clears throat> winners and if you're not gambling and playing dfs what the hell are you doing you're missing out you're missing out you're smart you're smart you can figure it out i'm just here to help i'm mike cavalunas at lunas on twitter l-i-u-n-a-s we had a fun 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 weekend not playing the zurich it was a profitable weekend of relaxation and that's a win in my mind good way to recharge the batteries no first place but no worst place either and that's what we're going to get this week is a win. But I do want to mention this week, I was privileged enough to be a guest on Andy Lack's Inside Golf Podcast, where we break down ownership, we break down John Rahm and the conundrum that is Rahm and the issues surrounding his game, whether you should play him this weekend at the Mexico Championship. It was a really great show. I really appreciate him having me on there. So if you don't have the time, or if you do have the time, make sure you check it out. If you haven't heard Andy's podcast before, it's phenomenal. It's one of the very few podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis, and he's a good guy. He's a good guy, and he wants to do the best. He wants to be as informative as he possibly can. And he's uh, he's going to just be solid moving forward for the foreseeable future. You know, this is his livelihood. This is his career. So make sure you guys take advantage of it and jump on board with the Inside Golf Podcast. Of course, he works with Rick Gaiman at rickrungood.com. Um, take advantage of that stuff. But this is the cut line. And we're here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Mexico Championship. And we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like this guy. 
They're funny guys. Arriba! Just kill one of them. Make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. In addition, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal to cut lines to make sure that you're creating your best lineups, winning lineups, smashing lineups, lineups that are cashing lineups. And they're kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. I'm feeling good this week. Feeling good. Now, Cutline is brought to you by Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. You're looking for the premier ownership projections in the industry. Make sure you check out FanshareSports.com. Easy way to subscribe, sign up, and the discount code, please write the word Cutline, and you shall receive 50 or 50, 20% off. God, I'd get killed if it were 50%. 20% off your monthly membership for the lifetime of your subscription. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. Now, Vedanta Vajreta. A few things you're just going to have to accept this week. Everyone is going to be discussing how long this course is and second, how slow this course will play thanks to the paspalum grass that's found throughout the track. Modifications have made this course longer. Trying to make it more difficult for tour players than we've seen in the past, length doesn't really bother them. It doesn't. This is going to play like the AT&T Byron Nelson, so don't be fooled. The course is tailored to guests who are like 10, 15 handicaps. Guys like you. Yeah, you who are listening. It's not challenging for PGA Tour players, even if they lengthen it by 500 yards. So a common theme, a common build that people are looking at this week, bombers. It makes sense. 7,500 yards. I get it, but there's no teeth. Fade that stat. Get it out of your mind. You'll build better, different lineups, and you're going to win. You're going to cash. You're going to smash. Just here to tell you, it's going to be a beneficial weekend for you if you fade the bomber narrative. And I talked about this on Inside the Golf Podcast. I've talked about this a little bit on Twitter. But when you look at like comps, comps that we see in terms of like courses, nothing like TPC Craig Ranch, right? And you look at the top 10 from last year, this year, in terms of distance, two of them rank in the top 10. The rest are way far away. Way far away. KH Lee won. He ranks tied for 89th right now in driving distance. So make sure you guys take care of that. Anyways, the real force, the only thing that could create any problems this weekend is the weather, the wind. And it really does not see that foreboding at this point in time. Another narrative that golfers are going to face is playing on the Velcro like Paspalum grass throughout the entire 18 holes. Tread with caution in terms of your analytics because there's limited data there. Our architect, Greg Norman. 7,456 yards, par 71, 13 holes have water, 54 bunkers, but that number actually seems low. I think it's over like over 100 when you actually break it down. Um, I had to count them, and I got a little lazy. But anyways, the, the bunkers are there. Um, right next door to Puerto Vallarta. So if you haven't been there, it's a nice little old town down there. Go get some good food. But who are we going to be playing this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the cut lines breakdown of the Mexico Championship birdie or better segment, where we look at each tier of DraftKings pricing and decide what 
going to do this weekend. But we're doing things a little bit different because I think this is really the first tournament in a long while where you can get comfortably different and take advantage of a field. So we're actually starting with my aggregate power rankings, which take in a variety of factors from Vegas, projected ownership, their actual DraftKings projection, standard deviation from that projection, tons of things, top 10 percentage. There's endless amounts of information. So it's a very interesting top 10. Number one is Tony Finau. Number two is Gary Woodland, then Munoz. John Rahm comes in at number four. Chris Kirk comes in at number five. Aaron Wise at number six. Russell Knox at number seven. Smotherman at number eight. C.T. Pan at nine. And Kevin Na ties Mark Hubbard for 10th. Going from there, we got Svensson, Tringale, Doug Gim, Anser, Rye, Matt Jones, Streelman, Hickok, Duncan, Lanto. This is interesting. Okay, we take this final aggregate ranking, these power rankings, and these will adjust as ownership adjusts. I think we'll see some small movement here or there, but you're almost tempted to eat the chalk on Chris Kirk and Aaron Wise. And I'll get into which one I'm going to take and which one I'm going to fade as we get into this show. But I wanted to start with these power rankings. I am blown away by how Tony Finau and Gary Woodland are at the top. Blows my mind and that John Rahm is out of the top three. And these are just the power rankings. Now, these are unbiased. They're weighted stat metrics taking a variety of you know, analytics to build those, but uh, I want to start this, sh- the, this segment off with that, but we're going to go in that 10 K range, Patrick Reed up to John Rom. We, I was on Andy Lack's show and we talked a lot about John Rom. And one of the narratives that we talked about is the fact that the opponent is the course itself. And I mentioned that John Rom is going up against the same opponent as Russell Knox, Doug Gim, Gala, you know, Lanto, we can go all the way down the board. And the point being is that his skill set doesn't separate him here, right? John Rom can do shots that they can't do. And that this course specifically isn't offering that caveat, right? They're not going to have the impossible high fade or high draw or bullet piercing through the wind shot that they need to take to win a major. This is not a major event. So, it almost levels the playing field. Now, the interesting part is John Rahm's ownership currently on fan shares, 33% and change. I anticipate that it could go higher. So where do you draw the line? If we're going 50-50, do you want to be on the wrong side of things and miss out on John Rahm's win? Or do you want to say, okay, John Rahm is going to miss the cut, not be in the optimal lineup, and I'm not going to play him? These are the decisions you have to make. You have to evaluate how his recent form has been. It's been abysmal. Let's let's not lie. Right now, where I stand is I'm siding on the not going to play him. I think that ownership's going to boom. I think it's going to get high. I think people are going to buy into the narrative that he wants to win, needs to win, et cetera, et cetera. I think where I'm going to stand right now is that there's enough talent in this field 
that's good enough because the course is so easy to outscore him. You just need one hot putter or one player to be crazy on approach, and Rom's done. And there's $11,300 of your salary that's gone. Fino and Answer are probably going to be part of my my plays, um, especially if ownership stays sub 20%. Kevin and I have no interest in Patrick Reed. I'm most definitely going to have pieces of it sub 10%. You can take advantage of that. Now we go to Gary Woodland. I think Gary Woodland's a high-risk play here. He was kind of like the wannabe sneaky play coming into the Masters. And if you looked at his course history, you know, 21st at the Valspar, 8th at the Valero, but then the Masters came, he missed the cut. But Gary Woodland's never done well at Augusta, minus one or two times. So the fact that he was so chalky as like that sneaky play, and I think that that's what kind of like boosted his ownership was the fact that he was, ooh, you know, the, the DFS darling, sneaky Gary Woodland already won a major winner but there are stats here that do shine for gary woodland like 32nd in ball striking seventh in approach 40th in greens and regulation um seventh in scoring fourth in strokes gain par five he struggles with fairway hit percentage but these fairways are so generous i'm not too concerned about that not too concerned about that with patrick reed either not too concerned about that with tony finau I'm most definitely looking at the approach ball striking T to green game and Gary Woodland fits that mold. I do think he's a higher risk play because ownership is the high on him. And again, similar to Rom, though Gary Woodland's very, very cheap in comparison, they're playing the same opponent. And you could have potentially, you know, someone coming out with the, the victory. Uh, Munoz. The Latin American narrative, I like that kind of idea. He ranks pretty well in my model. Um, one on tour before. If the putter gets hot, he can get hot. Looks good so far this year on stats. Does struggle with scram- scrambling, but if he's scrambling this weekend, guess what? He's not competing. He's not contention. 26 in the field in strokes gained par 5. Recent form, though. Munoz, last time we saw him was the Players' Championship, where he finished 33rd. So he hasn't been playing on tour lately which could be a cause for concern because, you know, you're coming back stateside. You, you're you not really certain as to how things are going to unfold. It is something that, you know, you don't really have a lot of form that can kind of reinforce your position on Munoz. That is a concern. How has he play, been playing lately? Well, you don't have stats since the players. Now, Looking at Munoz, I think there's some validity in in how he's been validated with the, the narrative of Latin America, right? And Carlos, Carlos Ortiz fits that as well, being from Mexico. Right now, I'm not on Munoz because we haven't seen him that in, in recent weeks, and I'm just going to move on, move forward. And plus, when you look at the fact that my average style projection, which is like more easy projections easy courses Munoz ranks 73rd Tringale ranks 49th and we're going to talk about him next and the 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 caveat with Tringale is that he's never won on PGA Tour he's the only player 9k or above that's never won on PGA Tour so be mindful of that but we're going to go straight to the to to the to where the dogs are eating this week Chris Kirk Aaron Wise Cameron Chan I already said on 80 show, not playing Cameron Champ. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I don't want to deal with that this weekend, especially when he's becoming in as chalk 
like 16, 17, 18% chalk Cameron Champ and people are betting him like crazy, that is due for failure. That that's what that signals to me. Now, ironically enough, Aaron Wise, 20, 21%, 23%, Chris Kirk, 17, 18%. Here are the alarms that are coming in with these three guys. In easy courses, courses as similar traits that we will see here at the Mexico Championship, they're bottom half in the rankings. Now, for the weekend, I haven't projected pretty high. Kirk, sixth. Wise, 11th. So I'm not going to get away with that. Another concerning with Kirk specifically, Lee Eldrick has him 88th in his course suitability metric, which you can find on Fangier Sports. But here's the thing. In my overall stat model, Chris Kirk ranks number one. And guess what? You don't fade number one. So Chris Kirk is in play for me. Aaron Wise, Cameron Champ, they are out. It's hard for me to fade Aaron Wise because he is metrically so good, right? He ranks in this year's stats alone, 10th in ball striking, 17th in approach, 8th in greens and regulation, 2nd in scoring, 10th in bogey avoidance, 12th in par fives. 15th and birdie average. Like everything says play Aaron Wise. And 21st at the RBC Heritage, right? So he's in good form. And that's after Chris Kirk missed the cut at the at the RBC Heritage. So I'm curious if that number on Kirk's gonna go down and people are gonna buy more into that wise champ. We'll we'll see as the ownership week progresses. Um, it'll be interesting to see. So Russell Knox, my next play, and then Matt Jones. I think there's some interest there in this 9K range. And then we're going to go to my 8K plays. Uh, favorite play, Aaron Rye. Two-glove master, two-glove wonder. He's won on European tour like twice. Um, Doug Gim, I don't know if I can buy into 8,900 Doug Gim. He does rank very high in my model. He actually ranks 17th overall, <coughs> which is very high. So it's kind of hard to, to fade this guy, but he's going to fade on Sunday, right? He's going to fade on Sunday. So do you want to risk it or miss the game on the weekend that he wins? And then um, ownership on Tagala is something I want to take advantage of this weekend too. He, he was pretty high owned before, and now he's coming in at sub 10%. And actually a lot of these guys are coming in sub 10, sub 10K, except for Mark Hubbard, who's getting a lot of ownership here. Um getting a lot of love from the fan share tags so that ownership is getting a little bit high for him but again if you're going down to mark hubbard it's probably because you're going into aaron uh into john rom when you're going in with your stars and scrubs so if that's the case this is where the ownership builds are going they're going into this low 8k because once you roster at eleven thousand three hundred, you only have like seven seven per player so you're messing around in this 7K range and the 8K range, and people are paying down in the 8K range. They're avoiding the 8.9s, 8.8s, 8.7s that we see in Gim, Thigala, and Rai. And they're going to the slower side of CT Pan, Lanto Griffin, CH3. And I love Lanto and CH3. I, I love going back to Chucky 3.6 here, especially after you burn me at the RBC Heritage. But um, the nice thing is, is like, you know, we talk about recent form, and sure, you know, he looked terrible at rbc so did lando griffin who i was on and you've essentially had a week off right we're not going to count the zurich as stressful golf for these guys but time for them to decompress time for them to figure out what's going on 
I mean, Howell finished fourth at the Valero not four or five weeks ago, right? Lanto finished 53rd. So to tell me that there's no upside there, that's it, insane. Go down to the 7K range, really likes Motherman. Patrick Rogers interests me. I think there's some upside here. And the actual upside comes from the fact that, like, in, in the course style projections, he ranks number 11. Scott Stallings, similar, ranks number 10. And then continuing on, he's going to be super chalky by the end of the week, but it's Pat Perez. Pat Perez ranks really well in these easy tournaments, and they and – they, really project well um even for the weekend pat perez in my weekend projections ranks number 13 overall with like 65.37 projected points lashley and smalley other guys that i have interest in um in my overall stat model lashley ranks number 22 while smalley ranks number 45 so there there's some caveats there um that you could take advantage of and then there's this big gap with bramlett taylor seifert Kitayama, Griot, Thompson, Duncan, Piercy, Hickok, Stewart, Wu. Right now, I don't really have a ton of interest in those guys. Um, and I actually do like Danny Lee. Danny Lee comes 30th in my overall stat model. And kind of fits that mold of like hot, like could get a hot putter. Um, not the greatest putter, obviously, on tour, but someone who can easily get a hot putter and take advantage. Sticking in this 7K range, guys who kind of fit that hot putter mold but are not going to pop in, like, your overall stat model, someone like Adam Long. At 7,800, now he has one win on tour, so we know he can do it. Um, in terms of his, like, PGA stats, he's hitting fairways at pretty good, but he's just terrible on ball striking, terrible on approach. Um, and obviously this leads to bad par 5 scoring. But he finished 12th at the RBC Heritage, 35th at the Valero. So if Long can get that hot putter going, um, there's some upside there. I don't love the price, though, at 7,800. Next guy who kind of fits that putter mold that, like, you know, don't necessarily fit your tournament model, but the guy who could get a hot putter because they've been historically better, Wyndham Clark, 7,600. You know, ranks 10th over the last 48 rounds for me. But just recent form suspect at best in terms of that putter um and then we go to that 6k range and similar guys who we're looking at with the putters kelly craft jonathan bird stallings our stallings in the 7k um looking at someone like roberto diaz and greg chalmers these are these are more of the putter plays if you're really getting down though to that low 6k range you know god have mercy on your soul i guess right but there, there are guys who pop on these easy courses. Again, limited sample size. Lee Hodges, Roger Sloan, Bramlett. Talked about Putnam before. Grayson Sig, uh, BVP. He's up there with 6,200. And the nice thing is about like Lee, Sloan, Bramlett, and Putnam, they, they actually project pretty well for this weekend. So if you do want to get a little bit kind of different based on just the projection model, these are guys that you should target. Um Shank and Whaley, I think they're going to get a little bit more ownership. Whaley specifically, he's been pretty popular um, in terms of like tags and, and what we're looking over at Fanshare Sports. And then looking down at this like sub 7K, 6K range, like if you are going to play around here, I think there's upside. Uh, this is the tournament where you do tackle those 6K players because, again, this is an easy course and they can compete here. They don't have to do things that are impossible like you would at Augusta or like you will at the old course when the Open comes. So looking forward to that. Um, but beyond that, 
uh, we're looking forward to this tournament. I'm excited. I think we're in for a good weekend. We're looking a lot different than most models that are out there, and we've changed it up a little bit, and we're going to look to take advantage, but let's go. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Mexico Championship. Special shout out to Fanshare Sports. Want to thank Golf Goons. Make sure you guys join us next week as we break down the Wells Fargo Championship at TPC Potomac. Of course, then we got the Byron Nelson and the PGA Championship, second major of the year. So, cruising right along. Let's get those winners on Sunday. Later, boys. <laughs>